You are listening to the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode 279, The Solo Series. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of She Runs the Show. Cassandra with you here. Episode 279. So I am going to take this episode into a personal place, which I typically do not do on She Runs the Show because we are in an evolution, not even an evolutionary, a revolutionary time at this moment. Votes are happening. We are having a presidential election in the United States of America. And there is so much division in the country in and of itself. And obviously, I am not one for getting political or talking about my political beliefs, because I think at the end of the day, we're all human beings and our political beliefs should not divide us, not as a nation, not as a world, not as a community. But what I do want to talk about in today's episode is something that came to me, because originally I was going to talk about something else on this episode 279, which I will get to in 280. But it really, like, I have this sense that there are just certain things that as entrepreneurs in the world, we need to be cognizant of. As people who are wanting a better world, praying for a better world, working for a better world, not simply for ourselves, but for our children's children's children. It is important to understand people's lived experiences. So in today's episode, I want to talk about my own lived experience of being the child of Haitian immigrants. And the reason why I call the episode The Power and the Problem of Being the Child of Haitian Immigrants is because um, I, like so many people who are first-generation, full-born Americans, right? First, I'm the first-generation my parents were born in Haiti. They were raised in Haiti. They came as adults to America. So I am the first born American from those two people. I think it's so easy to put people in a box. And what I say so often on She Runs a Show about everything from life to business, to goals, to dreams, to relation, all of it. What I say consistently, and I even have an episode on it way back when, is break the freaking box. Break the box. This is not about thinking outside the box. This is not about living in somebody else's box. This is about breaking the box. And I think, not I think, I know that so many people right now are so polarized and caught up in their box, whatever their box is, no matter how amazing you think your box is, you are still in the box. And so I want to talk about the experience of being the child of Haitian immigrants and why that has both been a powerful thing and a problematic thing for, for, for me as a human being, as an American, as a woman, as a black woman navigating through this world and a world that loves to put folks in boxes. Let's be clear. We live in a world that loves to be able to look at you and say, you're this, you're that. I need to stick you in a box. If I can't label you, identify you, say that you're this thing or that thing, then I I can't comprehend you. Therefore, I'm either going to pretend like you don't exist or I'm going to put you in the box that I think you fit in. And so the power and the problem of being the child of Haitian immigrants is this. My parents came to this country, both of them, with hopes and goals and dreams and aspirations. And their dreams and goals were were probably really different, right? They probably because my mother wanted to be a writer. Uh, she has a daughter who's a writer. My mother wanted to come to the United States with the understanding that she was going to get to go to college and 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 
postgraduate work. And yes, she now has her master's, but it took her forever to do it because she was raising children. And I think when both my parents came to this country, they had a vision of America that they really hoped they could instill in their children. But my parents came to this country understanding that they were not, they were in the United States, but they were not of it. They had accents. They couldn't speak English. They spoke Creole and French. And my mother spoke four other languages beyond that. But they, they were already put in a box the moment they got to this country in the seventies because they, to most people, were not quote unquote American. They had accents. They didn't speak the language. They had to, you know, start in factories working there and work their way up to something. And even to this day, both of my parents still have accents. Those never went away. Um, both of them still deal with people who ask questions, especially my mother, where they'll say things like, um, so where are you from? <laughs> you know, I can't tell you the number of times, even as a teenager, I witnessed my mother getting asked the question because somebody heard her accent. Where are you from? And I used to have conversations with my mother growing up, you know, because in most other countries outside of the United States, children learn three to four languages, including English. They learn their native language. They learn English. They learn two or three other languages. The United States is the only place that I know of where the only language children are taught here from day one is English. And so I would have these conversations with my mother growing up where I'd say, you know, mom, how come you didn't, how come you and dad didn't teach me Creole? How come I can't speak? How come when I go to family events, they can speak Creole? I can understand what they're saying because grandma lived with us and all she could speak was Creole. So she'd sort of, my grandmother, my mother's mother lived with us for a number of years and she never learned English. So I had to quickly learn Creole to understand her. And even the English that she did pick up along the way, she'd like mix it up with English. So if we didn't eat the food she cooked for us, she'd say, aptly back, which, you know, was her way of saying, you got to come back and finish this food that I just made for you. Um, but I would ask my mother, why did you not like, why didn't you give me the benefit of having multiple identities of being able to have that Haitian cultural heritage, not just the food, right? Um, but the language and surrounding myself in that community. Why didn't you do that? And my mother's response, which I'm pretty sure is my father's response as well, was, was very simple. My mother said, I wanted you to be an American. You are an American. I wanted you to be an American. And it took me a long time to understand where that came from. It took me a long time to understand the, the, my parents' dis clear decision to not teach me Creole from birth, to not teach my brother Creole from birth, to essentially deny their own cultural roots, to give me the opportunity that even to this day, they don't have because they still have accents, which means to others, they will still be put in certain boxes that I, without an accent, will never be put in. And it took me a long time to understand why they did what they did. They experienced the level to which people put them in boxes. They, exper they, they experienced the level to which they did not fit in the African-American box because they weren't African-Americans. They did not fit in the American only box because they had accents. And this whole hybrid thing of Haitian Americans, although that's what they were considered, didn't really exist in the 70s, early 80s. And even when it did in the early 80s, being Haitian back then 
was associated with having AIDS. So, so not only were they put in certain boxes as immigrants, but then they were also put in stigmatized boxes that, oh, you're from Haiti, you must have AIDS. So I'm giving you all of that context because even though my parents came to this country in the, in the late seventies, and even though they experienced all of those, you know, um, being put in boxes, let's call them cages, but being put in boxes and yes, fighting for the American dream, having that immigrant work ethic and working two or three jobs and doing what they needed to do to give their children a better life. And they did all of that. They still remain in certain boxes today that existed in the 70s. And let me throw in another element to this. Growing up, I also found myself in some of those same boxes because to my black friends who were of American descent, meaning their parents were African-American, they considered themselves African-American, they'd come to my house, hear my mother's accent, and they'd be like, well, where are you from? Jamaica? Where are you from? You know, the Bahamas? No, Haiti. Oh, it's all the same. So even from the standpoint of being in a group with other black people, I was always put in a box because I wasn't considered like them because I wasn't from North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Georgia, family reunions every year, African-American because I had a mother who had an accent who came from another country. So I wasn't in with the African-American group when I got old enough. I was further not in with the African-American group because as so many of my then black acquaintances had said to me, you talk white, which let me not even go to that one because I could spend a whole episode talking about the racism that black people show other black people when they say things like you talk white. But my whole point is, and this is where I go, it's the power and the problem of being the child of Haitian immigrants. The power is... When you're the child of immigrants from anywhere, you learn a certain work ethic. You learn that you have to be better, faster, uh, more accomplished. You learn that you have to compensate for a lot of the, the, the limitations of the box that your parents get put in. And you have to work very hard to make sure that you don't get put in that same box. When you're the child of immigrants, people who have accents, people who clearly when they open their mouths, everybody in America understands that they came from somewhere else. So, there, there's the problem of that. The power of that is learning how to overcome, learning excellence early, learning how to work hard. Here's where I want to go, though. No amount of working hard is going to get you out of the boxes that other people feel comfortable putting you in, which is why you have to break the damn box every single time you turn around. This is where I'm going with it. The power and the problem of being the child of Haitian immigrants is that I, look, I went to college and, and I went to a liberal arts, fancy smancy, Vassar girl college, close enough to the Ivy League, let's say. And I remember my black college friends laughing at me because I didn't eat watermelon. Now, mind you, I was raised by Haitian immigrants, so I didn't understand the whole, you know, there's this whole stereotype about black people liking watermelon. And I'm sitting here going at 16 as a freshman in college going, well, I don't get it. Like, I don't get the joke. I don't get the, I don't even know what you're talking about. Right. Um, and at the end of the day, 
they were putting me in a box. And I didn't even know until all ways of this conversation about watermelon that I was being put in a box. So what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that we need to, you know, lots of people are getting all divisive and all like polarized about what box we're putting certain people in and their rights and systemic racism. Do you know what I want to tell you today on this episode? Why don't you start with the racism that's in you? That's what I want to say. Why don't you start by calling yourself out on your own bullshit about how you define other people? Because at the end of the day, I am not an African-American. At the end of the day, I am also not a Haitian-American. I don't speak Creole. I don't understand the culture because I didn't have to really live it. And at the end, other than red beets and rice and sac passe, I can't tell you very much. So I'm the one who gets to define that I am an American. I am a black woman. But other people are still going to look at me and go, oh, you're an African-American. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I get to define how I see myself in this world, in this country. And so before we go out running to solve every other, you know, group's problems, I think, number one, why don't we just deal with the problems in our own house first, meaning in your own head? What boxes are you putting people in without asking questions? When you look at your Asian friends... Are you assuming that someone who is Japanese is Chinese? Don't go there. Are you assuming somebody who's Vietnamese is Cambodian? Don't go there. What boxes are you already putting folks in that has that says a lot more about your limitations than it does about their labels? And let's just stop all the nonsense. You know, you're running in the streets to talk about other folks' rights, but you aren't even dealing with the systemic racism that's living in your head. If you have to say to me that I've got to vote for a certain person because of the color of my skin, the racism, my friend, is with you. It is not with me. It is with you. And so at the end of the day, until you have walked a mile in my moccasins, until you have, you have asked me, what is your lived experience? How, how do you call yourself? Who do you know yourself to be? L- let's deal with the racism that, we, that we've got on the inside. Because just because I'm a member of a, pro- quote unquote, I'll use the legal term, I'll use the legislative term, a protected class, doesn't mean that I don't have racism within me that I've got to deal with and work through. We all do. And so if we're going to get on a pedestal, And we're going to cry from the top of our lungs on behalf of, you know, um, disenfranchised people on behalf of immigrants. Let me ask you a question. What box are you putting them in in the first place? Why don't you just start there? Why don't you break the box that you've been putting so many of your friends into? I have black friends. Don't get me to go there on that one. Don't even say that to me. You know, I understand what you're going through as a black woman. Are you a black woman? Because until you are, don't talk to me about that because you don't. And at the same time, I have no right to say, I understand what it is to be a Haitian immigrant because I'm not one. I'm the firstborn generation of my parents that are full-blooded Americans. I won the ovarian lottery because they did the hard work of getting to this country and bringing me into existence here on American soil. And so the power and the problem of being the child of an immigrant is that on the one hand, 
you get told very early in life that you've got to be the best, excellence, work ethic, work as hard as you want, do what must be done to be superior in all things, because being in America, it's the land of opportunity. You have won the lottery. Do not squander it. That is the message that the children of immigrants get every single day that they exist on this planet. And yet, and yet, the problem of being the child of an immigrant is that you still get put in boxes by people who like you, love you, work with you, know you, grew up with you, and they don't even know that they're doing it. And you're putting yourself in boxes whenever you just limit yourself to, I'm this thing, I'm that thing, I'm that thing over there. Why do you have to be any of those things? Why do you have to be in any of those boxes? You know, we're super good right now about coming up with all of these pronouns. Why do you not get to, as the child of an immigrant, define who and what you are choosing to be in this country? You're not a label. You're not a, you, you know, you're not an ethnic group. You're not a, a certain race. And you're certainly not just whatever people decide to call you to fit a narrative that suits them. You are more than that. And it is to the detriment of the parents and the grandparents that fought to come to this country to get you here. It is to their detriment anytime we say, I am ashamed to be an American. I am ashamed to be someone in this country and other. I'm ashamed to be someone who is in a society that has given me the freedoms and the opportunities that I wouldn't have anywhere else. Because you know what? There are folks in your line, in your ancestry, that died so you could live for this day to be in this country. There are people in your ancestry who gave up their cultural beliefs. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. That was up to them. Gave up their cultural beliefs insisted that you become full-fledged American, made sure that you had every educational opportunity so you would never have to do the kind of jobs that they had to do just to make sure there was food on the table. How dare you say that this is not a place where you can flourish? But I will say one thing. There is no flourishing when you allow yourself to stay in boxes that other people put you in for the benefit of the narratives that they're trying to sell to the rest of the world. There is no benefit to you living in somebody else's box. And so the power of being the, a child of an immigrant is you know how to work hard, you know how to hustle, you know wh what kind of opportunities you have, you know that people have died for you to get here. Just, just to be born here. The problem of being the child of an immigrant is that if you let people define you, if you let people label you, if you let people tell your story in a way that isn't real for you, they are putting you in another cage, they are putting you in another box, and that is the definition of slavery. So, here's what I'm going to say about all that. Nobody gets to define my lived experience, and nobody gets to tell me how I need to behave in order to be black 
in order to be a woman, in order to be the child of an immigrant. Nobody gets to dictate the script of my life except for me. And I refuse to be in anybody's box. I don't care who it is. And I would ask you as we get finish up with this chaotic 2020 with the, the chaos and the drama and the, and the divisiveness of this country right now. Instead of trying to put everybody else in a box, instead of trying to tell everybody else what they ought to be doing, what is right for them to do, can you just do a mental check with your mindset right now and ask yourself, where am I being racist in my life? Where am I putting other people in boxes? And stop it right now. Because there's going to come a day and there's going to come a generation. I was hoping it was my generation, Generation X, but I don't think so. I think it's going to be the alphas, by the way. Not Gen Z, although people love Gen Z, certainly not millennials. I think it's going to be Gen Alpha that is going to come along when they get old enough and they're going to break every damn box we've put them in. So why don't we already start the process with us? What boxes are you putting people in? What boxes are you putting yourself in? And you know what? Break every damn box because that is the only way we're going to get out of this divisive country we're currently living in. This climate of just chaotic rebellion against everyone while still caging everyone, this needs to be done. We're human beings. We we are a community of one. When one hurts, we all hurt, whether you know it or not. And it is time to get over trying to define people by things that do not fit them. When was the last time you asked somebody else who they define themselves as? And then you turn around and define them that way too. Probably not in a long time have you done that, if ever. So before you go out there and you want to change the world, I can't remember who said this. It might have been Gandhi. Change yourself first. Change yourself first. Because as a child of immigrants, I refuse after all of the sacrifice and the heartache and the pain and the drama that my parents and grandparents and great-grandparents went through to get me to be born here. Not even to get me to have a life here, just to be born here. All the drama that they went through to get to a place where I would, my first breath of life would be as an American. I refuse to be put in anybody else's cage and in anybody else's box. And I would ask you to join me in that because you know what? The world's not going to change until we do first. We got to change first. Nothing else changes till we do. So ask yourself, who am I putting in a box beginning with me? How am I caging myself to these titles and labels and things that actually don't even get to 5% of who I really am? And what am I going to do from this moment forward to shift my mindset and to stop putting myself and my family and every other person in a box that couldn't even come close to the greatness that they are? Because until we stop doing that, we are going to forever come back to these polarized existences where it's you versus me and it's us versus them. And you know, at the end of the day, anytime you destroy them to keep us, you also destroy you. So maybe, maybe we need to cut out the bullshit and get to the bottom line of what is the vision that we all can share for a world that we all will inhabit and leave to our children's children's children 
and cut out the bullshit about if you're not for me, you're against me. Because at the end of the day, a divided house cannot stand. That's all I wanted to say. Very proud to be the child of Haitian immigrants. Um, very proud that they taught me how to work hard and how to move fast and how to learn everything I could learn and how to be eloquent and educated and all the things. But all the things doesn't change the people who still put me in, in a box. And all the things still doesn't change the people who are trying to keep me in a cage. And all the things doesn't change the fact that if I'm going to change all of that for my children who are second generation Americans, it begins by me breaking all of those damn boxes from beginning to end. My mindset, my mind first, the rest comes. When you fix you, you don't have to worry about the rest. The rest will handle itself. There's my message. Episode 279. I had to go off for a minute. No script, but I had to say what needed to be said. And go vote. Go, go, let your voice be heard. But please, as you do vote, quit with the polarized, divisive language posts. Quit with putting other people in boxes. You have no idea what other people's lived experiences is. Go ask them. Go ask them. Sit with them. Until you've done that, zip it. All right, everybody, that's all I have to say. I'll catch you in the next episode of She Runs the Show.